Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. God put Abraham to the test. Why? Why did God put Abraham to this difficult test? Why does he do the same to us? Because we too are tested by God in this life. It's because God desires from us faith. And faith is something that we have to choose. God does not compel us. He does not coerce us. He he does not force us. He gives us a choice. Because he wants us to exercise the freedom that he's given us to choose to believe in him, to choose to trust him, to choose to love him. And so we are tested in this life. Will we put our faith in God? Will we do what he asks of us? Will we trust him? And it's only really a test if it's hard. That's when faith becomes real, is when it doesn't make sense to us, when we don't see the outcome, when we don't know how it's going to unfold, and it, when, when it demands something of us. That's when faith becomes real. And so God puts Abraham to the test, and Abraham is faithful, he obeys. He does what God is asking of him, even though it probably didn't make sense, because God had already promised that Isaac would be the one through whom God would give Abraham more descendants than the stars in the sky. And yet now he's asking Abraham to offer Isaac up as a holocaust. It didn't make sense, but, God, uh, but Abraham believed that God would still be faithful to his promise. And so he obeys. And so Abraham becomes the father of faith for all of us. And that because of his fidelity, right, God promises a descendant through whom all nations will be blessed, ultimately being fulfilled in Christ, who is a descendant of Abraham. And so we too are called to be inspired and encouraged by Abraham's example, to look to him as a model of faith. That when God asks of us things that are difficult, things that might not make sense, things that require of us something to sacrifice, something to give up, we can be reassured that God is faithful that he will always fulfill his promises and that we can trust in him. But there's even something kind of more profound going on in this mysterious uh, episode, this mysterious event in Abraham's life. Why would God ask him to to sacrifice his son? As we said, to to test him, to, to call forth from him this profound faith, but also to point forward to something that's going to happen maybe about 1,800 years later. Because Abraham 
is a type. He's a prefigurement in this encounter with God and with his son Isaac. He's a prefigurement. He's a type of God the Father. And Isaac is a type, a prefigurement of Jesus. Because Abraham was willing to give up his beloved son, just as God the Father was willing to give up his beloved son, that God so loved the world that he sent his son. God the Father sent Jesus into the world to be a holocaust, to be a victim, to offer his life for our redemption, for our salvation. Because he knew that he could then rise, raise him from the dead, that Jesus would be the firstborn of a new and risen life. And Jesus himself comes as a willing victim. Some of the details of this story with Abraham and Isaac that aren't uh, conveyed in, in the reading, a few of the verses get skipped over to kind of shorten it a bit. But we hear that Isaac carried the wood himself up the hill, probably a fair amount of wood, which reveals that Isaac was probably a young man or or at least a teenager, strong enough, young enough to carry a substantial amount of wood up a hill, which means that Isaac was a willing victim. If he had wanted to, he probably could have outrun or overpowered Abraham. Abraham was over 100 years old at this point. But Isaac trusted his father, and he went along even though he knew that it might end up in him being the victim. He was a willing victim, a willing sacrifice, just as Jesus did not have his life taken from him, but he laid it down freely. He offered his life knowingly to redeem us, to save us. And so this mysterious event of Abraham and Isaac reveals to us the true heart of, of God the Father and of his son Jesus, that they were willing for Jesus to be offered as a victim for us. And so as St. Paul would go on to say in our second reading, if God is for us, God, who did not spare his only son, but offered him up for our sake, then who can be against us? We have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. We have no reason to doubt God, no reason to distrust him. But in fact, we have every reason to put our faith in him, to believe him and to trust him, because he has given us his only begotten and beloved son. As we hear in the gospel, right, the father from heaven tells Peter, James, and John, this is my beloved son. This is the one that, whom I have sent into the world to be your savior. Listen to him. Have faith in him. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when we don't know how things will unfold. The curious line at the end of the gospel where we hear that Peter, James, and John kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. It didn't make sense to them. They didn't understand it. They didn't get it. But they believed in Jesus, and they put their faith in him. So that's the model. That's the example. That's what we are asked of as well. 
especially in those trying moments of life, those trials, those tests that God allows us to endure for our own benefit because that's when our faith, our hope, and our love become real, when they become strong, when they're tested. So we're called to put our faith in Jesus as the beloved Son of God who has been sent into the world to offer his life for us. And we're called to listen to him.